Today I'll be reading 1 Peter 1, 18 through 21. For you know that it was not with for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He has chosen before the creation of the world, but has revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are now in God. Do you ever feel out of place in this world? Like you're on a long journey to find your way home? Christians are and always have been strangers in this world. We don't really belong. Yes, we live in this world, and sometimes we tend to carry the weight of the world. But this world is not our home. We live with a different purpose. We look beyond this life, and we long for something more. We are unsettled exiles on our way home. And as we consider this concept of being exiles on our way home, today we look especially about how we're set aside. You know, there's a lot of things in which it, that people place themselves where they find their identity. So what makes you feel special? The color of your hair? I actually used to have dark brown hair. All I can say is I'm glad it just turned gray and didn't turn loose. But there's a lot of things that we find our identity in, and, and looks is one of them. Our intelligence, the, the uh, things we can do physically and athletics, our voice, our freedoms, our rights, our health. And then when that is taken away from us, all of a sudden we feel out of place. We feel like we're not set apart for God's good. We are set aside. And we, that's how many of us feel. We're not meeting our expectations or the expectations of others. I, when this world commends and lifts up, does not count for me. The church or this world lifts up marriage, and here I am, I've, I'm, I'm single or single again. This world lifts up, and this church lifts up the fact that, of parenting and having children, and yet I'm unable to have children, or my children don't behave in such a way as brings honor and glory to God. We, we lift up those who are able to make a difference in this world and have an outstanding career, and yet I find myself unemployed, or my finances are not in a good place. And so the things that this world seems to set apart as lifting up, they don't fit. I don't fit. In fact, I don't feel set apart. I feel set aside. I'm a part of just a, a junk heap. I'm in the crowd of humanity. I'm used up. I'm set aside. I mean, when you see a junk heap, what do you see? You, you see a pile of of trash, of junk. You don't see individual items. Oh, I could tell you, focus on one thing in that picture, and you could see one thing, but pretty soon your mind sees another. But if I were to ask you, what do you see? You, you just see a pile of, of junk. And this world labels us and places us in places where they think we should belong. And when we don't measure up to their standard, they just see us being placed on this pile of junk that we're set aside. We're we're not ones that stand out. And yet God calls us as people, even in the midst of the pain and heartache of this world, to be set apart, to live holy lives, to rise above, not to just blend in with the pile, but to live holy lives in the messes of life. 
Not so people, you could say, just look at me. Okay, I'm in this pile of junk, and I polish myself up, and I look shinier than the rest of the, of the junk around me. It's not a watch me, see me. It's not I'm more special than you, or I'm better than you. It is something that oftentimes the world can't see but shines from within. It's that light. I might not be shiny on the physical and on the outside, but I am washed new on the inside. I'm clean. I'm sparkling clean. I'm as white as snow in the midst of all the tragedy of this world. I might be in the same place as other people in the world, and I am, but there is a different difference that causes me to stand out, to be set apart. And even though it is a spiritual newness and cleanliness, it causes us to rise above. It doesn't make us better than other people. What we're talking about is being different. I don't know if you struggle with this concept, but as an early uh, Christian, as a child who grew up in the Lord's church and, and learning about God, I really struggled with this issue. You know, I, I felt like my friends thought I was at... I thought I was better than they were because I was acting different than they would. I even got called a goody two-shoes. Didn't know what it meant, but I knew I didn't like it. And be called names and made fun of because I was acting differently. Do you think you're better than us? And quite truthfully, I knew me and I knew I wasn't. But I didn't want to be like them either. It took a long time for me to understand that I'm not better. I wasn't created better than other people, but I am to live different to be set apart. There's just something different about us. Jesus prayed for his disciples and for you and I in the Lord's Prayer in John chapter 17. Listen to a few of those thoughts from that prayer, beginning in verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They're not of the world, even as I am not of it. I mean, we are not of this world. This world did not create us, and I did not evolve from this world. We are not of this world, but God also, when he saved us, didn't take us out of this world. We're not taken away. Nor are we to take ourselves out of this world and go live on a mountain or in a monastery or in a cave. We are in this world we're not home yet. But while we're here, Jesus continued his prayer in verse 17, sanctify them by truth. Set them apart. And your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. We are to be different. We are set apart. In the mess of this world, we are sent into it. And so at times we find ourselves discarded and on that heap of what the world sees as junk. But there is something different. So how in the messes of this world do we live set apart lives? Peter answers this in 1 Peter 1, verses 13 through 25, our text today. Let's start in verses 15 and 16 where he talks about how we need to be holy. Just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. That's what sets us apart. It's when we act holy. And what does holy mean? It means to be set apart, to be sanctified, to be separate. 
So who wants to be holy? Hopefully each one of us. But on your goals for 2021, was at the top of it? Be holier. I mean, for some reason, that just sounds wrong to me. And I think it's because I look at it from the world's viewpoint, which means I think I'm holier than thou. I'm holier than you. I want to be better than you. I have a judgmental uh, spirit, and I am not going to participate in things with you in which you participate. And I'm not going to do it. If it's fun, I'm not going to do it. But this command that is quoted by Peter was given to the Israelites as they wandered through the wilderness and took a land that was owned by others as they lived in this world. And they were called to be holy because God is holy. We need to be like God. And it's not easy. I'm not saying it is. It's hard. It's hard to accomplish on our own, to live differently. So how do you be holy like God is holy? Well, Peter's given us the answers, or at least some keys to this, in the previous verses. Let's jump back up to verse 13. And the first thing to do is just be prepared. Therefore, be, prepare your minds for actions. If you wanted to put that in words that would really relate today, it would be roll up your sleeves when you're ready to work. It literally means, in the Greek language, gird up your lo the loins of your mind. Which, for those of us who study the Bible, know what that means, but otherwise it sounds like, what? But in those days, when they would wear long robes, if they were going to go to work or they were going to need to move quickly, they would take the robe and they would put it in their belt so that their legs would be free and they would be ready to go. In fact, when the Israelites celebrated the Passover, one of the things, the first Passover and all after that, was they needed to be ready to go when God released them from slavery. And so as they took the Passover meal, they were supposed to put their sandals on, take their robes, gird them up, and put it in their belt so they were ready to go when God set them free. And that's the image that we should, should have. If, if we're going to be holy and be prepared, we have to be ready to go. Our sleeves are already rolled up. We are ready for action. In other words, right now, I'm thinking about how I'm going to act tomorrow. Right now, even though my health is good, I'm thinking about how I'm going to act when it's not. Right now, even, be, even though I do have a job now, I'm going to be thinking about how I would act if I did not. God wants us to be ready to think, and that's why you're here. Here, We're getting ready. He continues on and says, be self-controlled. Prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. In other words, don't just follow the crowd. I'm going to go and do what everyone else around me is doing. Instead, I'm going to take control, and I'm going to act appropriately. I'm not just going to react and respond to the stimulus of this world. I'm going to act like God wants me to act as I follow my career, as I get my education, as I enjoy the pleasures of life that are appropriate. Be self-controlled and be hopeful. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. I mean, it's a whole new mindset. I don't see things like the world sees them because my hope is not set on my looks or my job or my relationship status. My hope is set on something totally different. And it's when Jesus will come again and take me home, when Jesus Christ is revealed. That's a believer's hope. My hope is not here. It is in heaven. And so when what is here goes awry, I still have my hope because it's not here. My hope was not in that. I might hurt, but it does not take away my hope. 
It continues in verse 14 to be obedient. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Every parent knows that every child is different. Uh, it's amazing whether they be identical twins or siblings. There are similarities and there are significant differences. And it's a marvel to watch. Yet despite the differences among God's children, there is one significant characteristic that we all have in common. We are to be obedient children. We have chosen to be obedient because God chose us. And so in the midst of everybody's doing it, or no one has to live like I have to live as a parent talks to their child, he talks to us about how do we do this? How do we live that way? Verses 15 and 16, back to the beginning. He who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. We're not supposed to follow the way of the world and conform to it. We're to be obedient and conform to God, to be holy and transform lives. It's a new mindset. We have new goals. We have a new purpose. We have a new sensitivity to sin. Our desire is to please God. And so we have an altogether new way of living. God is holy. And that holiness means he is separate from sin and evil. And that's what we need to be as well. Being totally devoted to God and dedicated to God and who he is and what he would have us to do. So how do you live this, these set-apart lives? How do you be holy like God is holy? Well, the text continues in verse 17. Live ex exiles and foreigners. Don't fill at home on the junk pile. How do you do that? You call on the Father. Verse 17. Know that God sees us. Since you call on a Father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Call out to your Father, and He hears you. Is that not wonderful to know? In the midst of the masses of people in this world, everyone who's in a challenging situation, God hears our prayer. God sees us. Peter's assuming that they pray regularly. I'm assuming you do. You should, because God hears you. And He judges each person's work impartially. Not only does God hear you, He sees you. He's aware of you, and he is judge. He's aware of our actions and what we've said and what we've posted and how we've responded. He will judge us on that day, but the term here is a present tense, who judges each person. And so we should live with a reverent fear. We live here as strangers, as foreigners, as aliens, as exiles, in reverent fear of God because God does see and he is aware and because of that and he is holy I need to be very mindful and respectful of that not afraid because he's ruthless but because he cares and he's with us because of our love of God I mean I don't want to offend God we should not be spoiled children or ungrateful children so in the midst of all the messes 
Remember, God sees us. That's how you live holy lives. God is aware. He is our judge. He listens to our prayers. And we need to recognize our differences if we want to be holy. Recognize how we are different. Verses 18 and 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver and gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. We have been redeemed through Jesus, that precious lamb, more valuable than gold or silver or the things that this world views as precious. It was Jesus Christ who lived a perfect life and died for my sins. And I better not ignore that. Can you think of a larger price that could be paid? And yet when I ignore or make light of that price, of that expense, when I treat it like trash, like junk, I better have some reverent fear. Jesus Christ, the precious blood shed for me. So we live as exiles. We recognize those differences. And understand that right now, right here, in, in whatever's going on in your life, you are living the plan. I mean, you've heard of living the dream. I don't know if you're living the dream, but I know you're living the plan as God's children. Jesus was not plan B. What has happened in your life does not move you to plan B. You are living the plan God had for you. This world might seem out of control, but God is not. He was chosen before the creation of the world, for, but was revealed in these last days for your sake. It's very personal. God is here for you. And so when a wife wonders if her husband still loves her, or if he cares more about his job or his things than he does about her, when a child wonders if her father cares or is too busy for her, when an employee wonders if, if he's noticed or recognized for his hard work, Never wonder if God sees and is aware. All that has been done from before creation to now was done for our sakes. And so don't think this is home. We have a destination. We are living the plan. So how do you live set-apart lives? Put your faith and hope in God. That's very different. 1 Peter 1.21 through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Hey, the whole message is right there. How do we live differently than the world? We live with faith, and we live with hope. So many times what we live for becomes broken and discarded. But we live for something different. It's not physical. It's not of this world. We have a faith in God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus, that precious lamb, was given for us. He is the way. And our faith and hope are in God, not in this world. And so when the world says you have to be better than other people or you need to rise above everyone, which if, that might mean you have to step on them and crawl over them, but if you're ever discarded, then you're finished. You have no worth. We have a set-apart view. 
because our faith and our hope are different. The God who gave and raised Jesus will do the same for me. And I have faith and hope in the midst of the messes of this world because this world is not the source of that faith and hope. And because of that, it changes how I act. I can live settled apart lives because then, because of this, I can truly love each other. Verse 22. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Purified yourself. It doesn't mean I'm there yet, but I sure am working on it. I'm moving in that direction. And when I work at living a purified life, I, I stand out. I'm, I'm set apart. I'm no longer covered with the stains and regret of sin like those around me. But inside, I am spiritually new, and it cannot be hidden. It shines through in my actions, and one of the clearest ways to see that is how I treat you, how we treat our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a genuine love that comes from the heart. Peter, Peter starts this by talking about that sincere love we have from, for each other, and he talks about it in... Philadelphia, that brotherly love. And he moves to the agape, agape love that is very different. And he says you, you strain towards that. You work towards it deeply with all your muscles, with all your heart. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we might have different views on what are, is happening around us. But may we have a mutual view of each other one that is based in a deep, hard-working, with all our effort kind of love. And I'm here to tell you that's different than the world. That's way different. And if it comes from a, a, a soul, a spirit that has been washed new, it shines brightly in this world. And so as we walk in our, into our tomorrows... As we walk into the unknowns of our life, if you want to live set-apart lives, Peter ends with this beautiful concept of what it means to stand on something that will stand forever. Verse 23, For you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring Word of God. Just check out the junk heap, the things that have been set aside, and those are the perishable Things, beauty, athletic ability, jobs, marriage, parenting, freedom, finances. It, it's all, all the imperishable are on the junk heap of life. But even when we find ourselves there because our health is going away, our finances are not where we need to be, and maybe even because of our actions, our freedom's taken away from us. But we live in that space on the living and enduring Word of God. We stand on something that will stand forever. Verse 24, For all people are like grass and all their glory like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the Word of the Lord stands forever. All flesh, every person, are like grass and flowers that bloom for a season. And then the season changes and they wither and they fade. But there is something that stays the same, and it is our hope, it is our faith, it is the Word of God. 
Peter's actually quoting Isaiah in this place. And in Isaiah, Isaiah's trying to bring words of comfort to the people as they lived in a messed up world. Isaiah 40, verses 6 through 8. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall. But the word of our God continues forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8 is one of my wife's most memorable passages. In fact, if you were to ask me what's, what's a, a verse that your wife loves, I would tell you Isaiah 40, verse 8. So one year, as a gift, we had that verse made into art on metal and gave it to her. And this is a picture of it on our wall. And it's prominently displayed because it's a prominent verse in her life and in how she chooses to live her life and true for our family as well I wasn't a bit surprised when she put it in a prominent place I was a little surprised where she chose to put it there it is right there the black thing to the left that's our TV yes it's right by the television and so I purposely had my TV turned off when I took this picture but I want you to imagine it is turned on and it is tuned in to the news station that you watch most common. And as that news gives you what has happened today and their views on it, won't you remember that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the Word of God stands forever? Or imagine on one of your favorite shows or one of the popular movies, and action is taking place. Won't you remember that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word, our God, the word of the Lord, that's what stands forever. And so as the channels of your life change, may this verse go with you into every moment. And so as a church, let's say it together. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God Amen and amen. And that's the word that endured. 1 Peter 1, 25. And this is the word that was preached to you. Want a reason for living in the midst of all the junk around us? Stand on God's word. It was the same yesterday. It's the same today. And it will be the same forever. And that's what's being proclaimed today to you. How to live set-apart lives. And first step is to be redeemed by the blood of the precious Lamb of God. The one who lived a perfect life and didn't die for his sins but died for ours. There, the, the most incredible price that has ever been paid. Have you responded to that love? And had your sins washed away in the waters of baptism? And let his blood cleanse you. And be raised from those that watery grave, just like Jesus was raised from the grave, and live that new life, and then live that set-apart lives for him.
I hope you'll seriously consider what God's word is saying to you today. And I want to remind you, we'd love to come alongside you. If you need to respond and want to be baptized today, won't you come as we sing in just a moment? But I hope each of us will reflect upon it. And if you're not here with us, just go to our website. We have a prayer page there. Or go to our app. And under the Connects tab, there is a place that's very easy to get to to let us know. And we want to come alongside you and pray for you. We're going to sing the song, I Need You More. This might be a new song to you. Or maybe it's a song that you love and know very well. But as we sing it, I hope you'll listen to the words. And I hope you'll sing the words from a deep heart. Listen. I don't need any more of this world. What I need is Jesus in this world. A heart that is set apart. So I don't have to act and live like this world acts. And with the power of the Holy Spirit living in me, I can live that new kind of life. Not so shiny and bright so everybody sees what I do and gives me honor and glory. But a life that's lived for Jesus. And then... Because of that, it can't help but being set apart and raised above. If you need to respond publicly, won't you come right now as we stand together and sing? I need you more.